Welcome back, boys and girls. It's week uh, one of the college football season, even though it's week two of the week, but it was week zero. Um, and, and I have no idea which week of the Carla and Crappy show this is. Um, and I'm Carla, I'm hoping you can you can help me out with this. Well, and, and then we did a summer show. So is this really week three or is this week two? I, I, <laughs> I don't math know. Math is hard. I, Math is uh, math is hard. Math is confusing. Um, this is the start of Big Boy Football Week. Um, this is the first time that we we've returned to what was the show's I, not really original format, but what has been the show's format for several years, which is you and me talking about stuff, and then there's AJ, uh, who's yeah. going to take us through the fun and exciting world of of uh, of the uh, the group of five. Um, but I, I, so I don't know. What, what I'm, I will. And we both have beverages. Else. We both have beverages. Um, that's the first for you in in a, in a quite little, a while. Yes, in a little bit. Um, I don't know, but we, I mean, it doesn't matter, right? There was football last weekend. Uh, I didn't get there to was. see. I didn't get to see a whole lot uh, other than uh, watching uh, Vandy in Hawaii after I got finished with uh, birthday party stuff that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you? What did? How much did you watch? What did you see? Well, I'm not sure what the more surprising outcome of the weekend was. The fact that Nebraska just kind of totally fell apart in the second half of that game against Northwestern. Oh, boy. Um, or the fact that Vanderbilt hung 63 on Hawaii. Uh, yes. And that's like, and I, I confession. I did not stay up for that whole game. Um, I didn't either. Sorry, because... AJ. We love you. But yeah, mama's got to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just watching on an iPad in an Airbnb in Cleveland. And I thought, um, this is getting close to halftime. It's like, well, this is done. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. I went to bed at 2110. Um, I was like, yeah, they got okay. this under control. I'm like, I'm going to sleep now. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had it on all day. It was, it was, it was almost frustrating to watch college football on Saturday mm-hmm. because like I was involved in the Northwestern Nebraska game, mm-hmm. but then there, I mean, there wasn't a ton of must see games in the no. in-between no. slot between, I mean, that game kicked at 1130 in the morning here. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was 1230 Eastern, but 1130 here. Right. Um, and the Hawaii Vanderbilt game didn't kick until 930 central. Mm-hmm. So there was like this huge gap, like during the, like the normal primetime window right. where there wasn't really anything great to watch. And that was frustrating. You know, um, we get that this weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, d- uh, in space. Um, uh, d- the, the games that are coming up this weekend, they're not all uh, ranked on ranked or anything like that, but um, there, there's a really interesting slate yeah. uh, of stuff coming up. Um, is there, is there, is there one thing that really stuck with you from last weekend? Um, gosh, Nebraska, Scott Frost has has to like really be feeling it right now. Um, because, and and here's the thing, like we're watching the beginning of that game. I actually tweeted this Mm. after I saw Nebraska's first offensive possession Yeah, and Casey Thompson and Mark Whipple, that combination looked like it was going to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it was a methodical first drive scored six i mean it was beautiful it was a beautifully executed drive and it was like okay nebraska you're gonna be kind of fun to watch this year and then it just all kind of fell apart northwestern hung around and it's just i think it's the way in which nebraska lost yeah i yeah. think is 
what's going to haunt them about that loss. Not necessarily the loss to Northwestern mm -hmm. because it's an even numbered years. We, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, like that <laughs> the, Northwestern has yeah, really so good years on, on even yeah. numbered years. Yeah. Um, so, okay, let's, let's count that worth a grain of salt. But the fact that it was just kind of an utter collapse mm -hmm. and I mean, Casey Thompson didn't look like he knew what he was doing in the second half. And that's just bizarre. Yeah. It's just yeah. bizarre. So yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing. And then heck it, with the Vanderbilt thing, is this a you know is this an indication of Vanderbilt might actually be a bowl bowl team this year? No. Or sorry, is Hawaii that bad? <laughs> I, mean, I, I that feels like more of the latter. I mean, there, there's certainly a, 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 a talent difference there that, that yeah. you would expect. Um, a, a difficult to recruit for program in the Mountain West versus the the you know the Egghead School in the SEC. It's still in the SEC, and maybe they're not competitive like in their conference. Um, but you're still that there's the, the discrepancy in, in talent those schools are seeing. Um, yeah, it's probably substantial, I would think. But could Vandy go six and six? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after seeing what I saw, you know, could Vandy go six and six and make us a, a, a sub rated bowl game? I mm. Maybe it's possible this year. Mm -hmm. um, and that would be a huge win for um, for uh, Vandy I, and Clark Lee at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, fun to I watch. I the the thing the thing about Nebraska and I did not get to see any of that game. I've seen uh, a little bit of replay stuff and um, you know, plenty of good video of Scott Frost looking confused on the sidelines. This is I, it, it really struck me. This is a cautionary tale for Timmy Chang, um, who is the new head coach at Hawaii, uh, and he was kind of AJ sort of outlined this last week, but he was sort of maybe not quite ready. Who knows if he's ready to be a head coach, but he was being groomed. He, you know, he's going to be a head coach at some point down the line. Um, but he was, he was talked into coming back to the program where he played quarterback, where he was a hero. Um, and, and he's going to try to save the program. Uh, and I just, Scott Frost was in, yeah, in right. that same, in that same position just a few years ago. And now, uh, you know, one game of the season and, and Scott Frost is, has got to be, uh, wondering about, uh, whether or not he's going to, you know, like, does he make it through the year? I mean, college football coaches generally don't get, get fired in the middle of the season. Um, but he's got to be feeling the heat already because that, that was not pretty. Um, yeah. Hawaii, man, it's tough. Uh, it, it, what, what happened at the end of, of uh, Todd Graham being there, so many players left. So many more players were unhappy. Yeah. Um, he, Tang uh, 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 has his, his work cut out for him, clearly. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully he will have a little more success than Scott Frost has had, or, or have that success more quickly. Um, because... Uh, did, did things are not are not looking good in Lincoln, uh, even after just one just one game. Um, I, I wanted to I, I want to do a very very quick big Red Bears report. Uh, we are going to do this uh, even though their season doesn't start for another couple of weeks until uh, uh, September seventeenth. Um, for those of you who are new here, uh, the big bed. Big Red Bears report refers to Cornell football. Uh, my nephew, Drew Powell, is a running back on Cornell's football team. Um, he got like two carries last season. Um, he was he's, he's in line to get many more carries than that this season. Um, That's good. But there is news. Uh. Uh, it's not terrible. Uh, he, he's getting plenty of reps in preseason camp. Last week, uh, he broke the ring finger on his left hand in practice and really just a 
break like down here where your ring would be. Um, he, a doctor said he did not need surgery. That would not necessarily help him. Um, he okay. was in a cast immediately and he's going to take six to eight weeks to heal. Now, I mean, and you, you look at that and thinking, oh man, that's, that's, that's almost the whole season. That's a long time. But in the Ivy League, the timing actually works out in his favor. Um, season doesn't start till September 17th. By that point, he will have been in the cast for for three plus weeks already. So um, if we choose to be optimistic and say we're looking at closer to the six week range rather than the eight week range for, for recovery and, and return to, to practice and, and plan, um, six weeks would be back in time for uh, the, the, the Harvard game which is the first weekend in October. It's actually, a, that's actually their, their national televised game uh, this season. Um, Harvard goes to Cornell. It's on ESPNU on Friday night. Um, so he could be back by then. And even if he's okay. not, even if it's eight weeks, he's still there for half, the half, half of the season. So, um, I mean, it, it sucks that he has his broken hand um, because he was, he was making good, uh, progress in, in, in practice, but, uh, I, I should be back well before the halfway point of the season. And I know, I know that we are going to be looking forward to that, um, almost as much, uh, as he will be. <laughs> so, um, get want, well soon. Yeah. I d d get well soon. Uh, and we will, uh, we will, we're still going to follow Cornell, uh, once their season starts. Um, not expected to do much, as was the case last year, but uh, but they they have a streak of finishing better than um, the preseason projections. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, my nephew is fired up, or he was until he broke his hand. Yeah, AJ is also fired up, as um, always, as <laughs> as always, uh, from California, I believe, uh, where he was he was uh, having a hard time uh, converting west coast time to east coast time and figure out when all the games that he wants to talk about are going to happen because math is hard because as we said I, math is hard. i think we've determined our theme for this episode math uh, is clearly hard. clearly yes. um it shouldn't be hard for him though he's not a journalist i don't know what yeah really what he's struggling with there well let's we'll figure that out at some point he is a communications major though so well okay you're right i think that counts i think that's <laughs> I think that that puts journalism into, adjacent. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that puts him into the to the to, to math struggle category. Um, here he is, all the way from California, with his first group of five report of the 2020 season. AJ, go ahead. Hey, everybody! It's time. We didn't really we didn't really get to do this during week zero, but we're here. It is week one of the 2022 college football season. It is your group of five Western team. Any other teams I really feel like putting in here, preview for week one. Let's dive in. We have a lot to talk about. On Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern, Pac-12 Network, so you probably won't see it, Northern Arizona at Arizona State. Arizona um, has three football teams. Everybody sees Arizona and Arizona State. But NAU is one of the three major teams. It is funded just like the other two. They just happen to play FCS football. They're a very good FCS team, and both of the Power Five Arizona teams are 
not good. Um, Arizona is bad, bad. And Arizona State is currently dealing with a whole bunch of uh, concern around Herm. Um, they're probably going to fire him. They're probably going to fire the AD. It is a fantastic job, and you're going to see a whole lot of big names put next to it. Uh, but for right now, there's a whole lot of waiting for the NCAA to kind of say, hey, here's your scholarship bans, here's this, here's that, uh, before they'll let anybody go. This is an upset alert. Northern Arizona has done this before. They did it to Arizona a few years ago. I would not be surprised if they did it to Arizona State this year. Uh, next, we have Portland State at San Jose State at 10.30 p.m. on the Mountain West Network. This was mostly just to say that the Mountain West has a network, uh, which just means that there is a video player on their website, themw.com slash watch. Uh, Portland State is a pretty good FCS team, and San Jose State is not a terribly good F FBS team. So this is another upset alert. Uh, but again, this is week one. We don't know anything about these teams. They could be completely different from last year. Uh, but keep an eye on this one. This one might be fun if you're looking for something on Thursday night. Friday. 8 p.m. Eastern, FS1. It's Illinois at Indiana. Now, I know that I said this is the Group of Five report. This is the Mountain West. This is the Pac-12. This is it's real sickos hours over here is what I'm saying. Um, you, you, you know how people are like, oh, man, I would love to just watch some football. It's like May, and they're like, oh, man, I'm really into just watching some football. Here's Illinois, Indiana. Enjoy. You asked for this. 10 p.m. Eastern, ESPN, uh, TCU at Colorado. Uh, Sonny Dykes is the new head coach in TCU, replacing Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson, uh, semi-famously, is now on the Texas staff. Um, I'm interested to see how he does, because Gary Patterson, towards the end of his tenure at TCU, was very defense-heavy. Uh, they ran a 4-2-5 defense. It was kind of his calling card. But... Sonny Dykes comes in and is a, uh, a point scorer. He is a touchdown haver. He is a field goal kicker. My man does not want to defend against points. He's just trying to score more than the other guys. So how does that mentality change? How does the talent switch from side to side in, in terms of that mentality? Um, I'm very interested to see that. Also, Colorado. You had that weird 2020 pandemic season where you made it to the Pac-12 championship game. That's a thing that happened. Do it again. Try it again. Maybe maybe be better. Uh, you had a really rough 2021. Uh, let's see if that 2020 wasn't just a weird pandemic fluke. Saturday. It's the very first Saturday of the season. Feels great to be here. Let's go ahead and check the schedule. Noon, FS1, South Dakota State at Iowa. Hey, Iowa. You, you good? Because no... You don't... Don't schedule anything with Dakota in the name. That's usually a pretty good way to not get everyone to laugh at you to start the season. Um, South Dakota State, basically, if there's anything north or south and state or not state, as long as Dakota is in the name, it is a very good FCS team. And uh, Iowa, you had an up year last year. This is going to be another mid-year of Iowa football, and this might not end well for you. We're all going to enjoy laughing at this, won't we? 12 p.m. ESPNU, UNC at App State. I am so damn excited for this one, mostly because UNC did not look good last week. And they were playing uh, Florida A&M, FAMU. The problem is FAMU had 20 missing players for various reasons and almost canceled the game, but the players chose to play instead. 
and UNC did not look great, and now they get to go to Boone to go get stomped into the foothills. Mac Brown is going to have to leave to catch a flight mid-game is all I'm saying. This should be fun. 3.30 p.m., Houston at UTSA on CBSSN, the network of champions. Houston's playoff run begins now. Um, they have to beat UTSA. They Obviously, they have to go undefeated. They are a G5 team. But UTSA is a strong G5 team to start the season. Uh, they are going to San Antonio in the Alamo Dome for this. Uh, so this should be a super fun game. Uh, I, I'm just very excited to see you know Houston, UTSA, and Texas Tech, all three of these teams that are not typically um, who you expect to see at the top of the list in terms of Texas schools, really playing it out to see uh, kind of who can make their way out of the G5 and some of the Big 12 from there. 3.30 p.m., Big 10 Network, <clears throat> North Dakota at Nebraska. You remember how I said don't schedule anything with Dakota in the name? Hey, Nebraska, maybe don't. Just don't. You you flew all the way to Ireland to lose to Northwestern. You didn't have to do that. You could just like you, they got direct flights from Lincoln to Chicago. I'm pretty sure you didn't need to go all the way to Ireland to get your tails kicked in. Why were you kicking an onside kick when you're up 11? Who who thought this was a good idea? Do you practice this play? Apparently not. I really want North Dakota to come in and just absolutely annihilate Nebraska. Because then Nebraska fans are going to pick Scott Frost up and they're going to put him on the bus with North Dakota and let that bus drive all the way back to Grand Fork so that Scott Frost can never be seen again. They're not happy right now. They did not want to lose to Northwestern. And now they get to get their butts kicked in potentially by an FCS opponent. Whoops-a-doodle. 7 p.m. ESPN Plus. Army at Coastal Carolina. This is that pure, uncut G5 stuff that I love watching college football for. It is a travesty that this game is on ESPN+. Plus. This is a paywall game. This should be on the main ESPN feed. You know what's on the main ESPN feed? Utah at Florida. You want to see a dead body? Don't worry about it. Utah's going to womp Florida. Put Army at Coastal on the main feed, ESPN. You cowards. We want traditional option football versus new option football because this is a true old versus new situation. Coastal has made its name on running the triple option, but also having Grayson McCall, who is a very good quarterback, to pass out of that. They do a ton of tight end passing. They do a ton of throws out to the flat. This is effectively the modern option. So seeing that against the true triple option is kind of amazing. So how does this work? How does this stand up? I'm very excited for this. 7.30 p.m. on the SEC Network, Utah State at Alabama. Um, Utah State was down by two touchdowns to UConn to start the game. And then they came back and won, and and it was fine. But you can't do that against Alabama. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of feeling in SEC territory that Bama is going back into their we're bigger and better and now you die mode of just slowly grinding teams into paste. They have two of the best linebackers in the country. Will Anderson is a true Heisman favorite and like one of the first defensive players to potentially get a true look at the Heisman since Desmond. Um, And they have a defensive line that doesn't move. Good luck, Ags. 7.30 p.m., CBS Sports Network, the Network of Champions, SMU at North Texas. This should be pointsy. This should be. SMU has Rhett Lashley. He was formerly at... Uh, Miami. He was their offensive coordinator there. Uh, he has been on some big staffs, putting up big numbers. This should be pointsy, 
And if you need an eye, eyeball cleanser from Alabama grinding Utah State into the ground, this is the way to do it. Idaho at Wazoo, 9.30 p.m. Pac-12 Network. This is a low-key, super mean rivalry that no one knows about because it's way up in the northwest corner. They're 10 miles from each other. This is a true backyard brawl. WVU and Pitt are further apart. You could walk between these universities. They have a history of hate. They've been playing each other for centuries. I don't expect any upsets because Idaho's not terribly good, but this is just fun to watch for rivalry purposes. 10.30 p.m., ESPN, Boise State at Oregon State. This isn't your dad's Oregon State. Three years ago, this was an instant win for Boise, but not anymore. Boise's looked off in the last few years. They're still the class of the Mountain West, but they're not the clear dominant winner that they used to be, and they're certainly not scaring too many Power 5 teams anymore. Oregon State is okay to good now. This should be really good. And finally, midnight on the Team 1 app or somewhere on the internet, WKU at Hawaii. Hawaii came out strong last week. The fans were fired up. Everybody was real geeked. They scored a touchdown. They're up 7-0. And then it all went wrong, and Vandy beat the brains in. Uh, my beloved Bows, they need a bounce back. Western Kentucky might be the team to help. They didn't look terribly good against Austin P, but there was also a monsoon, so maybe they're better than that. Go Bows. This has been your Group of Five Week 1 report. There was a lot in here, but they also have a lot of games this week. We'll see you next time. Thank you, AJ. Um, I, there's, as we said, there's, there's stuff going on all weekend. Um, and, and clearly AJ is going to be spending a lot of time in front of the TV. Uh, not, that to, that's, not that that's unusual. Right. No, you're going to have to like plan out. This is, this is a long weekend, right? Mm -hmm. Of mm -hmm. football. And you're going to have to like plan out like your caffeination strategy versus oh, yeah. your beverage strategy. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, staying up late for some of the late games. Like when do you have that caffeine? Like the map. Math is hard. You got to start working on that, you know, uh, yeah. figuring all that out. Yeah. Um, I, this is, I mean, this the Labor Day weekend is, has become like it's, its own like little mini bowl season. Yeah. Because it's, it, it is, it's, it is five straight games or five straight days, um, Thursday through Monday. Um, and there are, uh, there are some fun games. There are some weird games. There are just some, some cursory games. And then there are some there, but there's good stuff there too. Yeah. Um, you, you folks, you're going to need two TVs on Thursday. I'm, I'm, we're, we're, I don't want to give anything away, but we're going to, I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, and basically it goes, eh, the Monday night game is sort of, eh, yeah. but, um, but, uh, you know, clearly, uh, 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 compelling stuff all the way through the weekend, at least through the Sunday night game. Um, and we're going to talk about all of them. <laughs> we're not going to talk about all of them. We're going to talk about, uh, several of them and uh, we're going to get started with that i had a one brief note as we begin um uh, the old timers with the carlin crappy show may recall that any rankings we reference are are from the associated press media poll um we use those until uh the college football playoff rankings are released and then we use right. the, the cfp rankings for the duration of the season um without further ado here we go did i explain to you why the, the new name for uh the, the former mustard bowl the otherwise known as the stadium down the street from where i live i don't know if you did or not I don't know that. Uh, this is I... acrishore has something to do with insurance no one's ever been able to explain this to me and i was looking for an insurance reference that would be either a funny or local, or hopefully both. What I came up with 
Um, and and the, the Mustard Bowl, formerly known as the Mustard Bowl, formerly known as Heinz Field, now officially known as Acrisure Stadium, will forever be known on this program as Ned Ryerson Stadium. Do you know who Ned Ryerson is? <laughs> okay, that you do. Good. All right. Uh, if you don't know who that is, folks, uh, you, you need to go watch Groundhog Day. Yes. Several, several times. Um, <laughs> bing. Trust me. Uh, that's where we begin, 7 p.m. Thursday at Ned Ryerson Stadium in lovely Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and on ESPN. I'm really stoked for this. This is the return yeah. of the backyard brawl. West Virginia at number 17, Pitt. Pitt is favored by uh, t- uh, seven, and a, seven and a half points. Um, as AJ pointed out last last week, the AJ fund indices are all pretty standard because no one really knows what no to one expect. Knows. Right. Um, but to, just for uh, for reference, uh, the the uh, over under the AJ fund index on this one is fifty one points. Um, Carla, I mean, I, you know, you're a Penn Stater. Yes. No, no love for Pitt. But as a, a Western Pennsylvania uh, college football fan, it's got to be pretty cool to have the backyard brawl coming back, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're going to talk. The next thing we're going to talk about is a game that I have a lot of interest in, right? Because, <laughs> yeah. Penn, because Penn State also opens on Thursday night. Yep. Um, and these games are on. This is why we're going to need two TVs, right? Because these mm-hmm. games are on within an hour of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not a lot that would pull me away from Penn State opening night road game conference game mm-hmm. backyard brawl might be really close Ooh. because it's tradition yeah, right it like it there's is. something to be said about the tradition and the only thing that would make this game even better is if it was in morgantown like mm-hmm. if this was in morgantown like i i'm all in and i've got two screens going during this sloppy, game sloppy loud oh my god couch that, burning couch the whole burning the whole <laughs> wonderful beauty of it my, um, folks, my folks went to an ohio state um ohio state open a season in morgantown this is years ago and my folks went to the game uh, and they are driving towards the stadium apparently within a sort of reach of fraternity row um and at some point, my dad realizes that a, a bottle of uh, an empty bottle of Jack Daniels has been thrown at his car. Did not connect. Okay. Um, didn't break in a point where it's any danger for the tires, but um, he decided he needed to hurry up and get to where it was he was going because <laughs> that that part of of Morgantown was not especially friendly. Yeah. <laughs> totally get that but like this is what college football is all about right we haven't yes. played this game in over a decade um and it is just exciting it's the same thing like i wish penn state and pitt would play each other every year yes. like like it just needs like some of these tradition games need to come back and i'm just absolutely stoked that this mm-hmm. is one of the tradition games that has come back even if it's just a short stint mm-hmm. um football game wise i mean the atmosphere hopefully it, it, and it's tough i mean Pit games at whatever the stadium is called now just don't really have the atmosphere that they used to have, um, which is why I wish this game was in Morgantown. But mm. you have to hope that there's going to be some some sort of atmosphere in this game um, with it being a tradition coming back. Fingers yeah. crossed that it's actually there. Um, there's a lot of new stuff going on. Like if you look at just the football game piece, like there's a mm. lot happening here. And what's really fascinating about this whole thing is that we were actually ending up in a duel of two former USC quarterbacks. Right. Um, Pitt's adjusting to life without Kenny Pickett, who actually still kind of lives in the same stadium. I, <laughs> I really, I really hope that progressive 
takes the Baker Mayfield thing and turns it into a Kenny Pickett thing That'd because be good. he because he kind of has really lived in that stadium for the last four years now five right I don't um, think I, maybe I mean should they just get him an apartment there I mean <laughs> he should just, have a condo him, on the North Shore him, no he should have a condo in the damn stadium That's, <laughs> I mean, he's just he's been there for the last 18 years and yeah. presumably will be there for a while longer yeah it's it's yeah. pretty crazy um yeah. So Pitt's adjusting to life without Kenny Pickett, without wide receiver Jordan Addison, who actually, funny enough, transferred to USC. Hello, um, yes. <laughs> and um, offensive coordinator, right? Mark Whipple. Mm-hmm. We talked about him already. He went to Nebraska. He had a fun time in Ireland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Pitt gained from USC, Kadon Slovis. Yes. Sir. Who might possibly be, that might be the most Pittsburgh name ever for a quarterback. Like, I love the fact that, that, the, <laughs> that the Panthers are going to have a quarterback with the last name of Slovis. Um, you know. Jadon Slavis, I hear it now. All right. Um, <laughs> Pitt also has some yes. real stability at running back. Yes. And the Pitt defensive line should be just as good as they were last last yeah. year, right? Absolutely. So Pitt's gonna be good. Are they gonna be um, New Year's Six good? Don't know. Still yet to be determined. Um, the ACC is kind of a toss up. Mm-hmm. So maybe. Um, but Pitt's gonna be in the conversation. Um, West Virginia had some real trouble being consistent on offense last year. That problem should be resolved because they brought in probably the bigger name, former USC quarterback in JT Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, JT Daniels has been a journeyman, right? So he started at USC. He went to Georgia, got hurt at Georgia. We all, I mean, I remember those conversations about JT Daniels at Georgia, yep. thinking that he was going to be the one that was going to help Georgia get to the national title. JT Daniels gets hurt. Um, Stetson Bennett comes back in and little, you know, the guy that we, the guy, the guy I said over and over and over, will never take Georgia to a national national title game. Yeah, exactly. We both thought that because we're like, he doesn't have the stature. He doesn't have, he can't do it. Great story, but no, he did it. Um, and so JT transferred and he ended up at, at, at West Virginia. Interestingly enough with his former USC offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell. Mm hmm. So he's reunited with the guy that he started his career with. That's going to be really fascinating to watch this year at West Virginia. Um, However, the big challenge with West Virginia is their offensive line. They just didn't really do a lot last year. Like, are they going to be able to give JT Daniels some time? Mm -hmm. Um, We'll really see what Daniels is like as a quarterback, maybe finally, hopefully um, with getting some consistent starts. This game's really intriguing. It's going to be, it's a, it's a rivalry game. It's going to be closer than it should be. I think Pitt has, the better pieces of a team right now. They have more of the complete package this early in the season. So I'm mm-hmm. going to give the edge to Pitt. also playing at home. If this game was in Morgantown, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see West Virginia pull off the upset here, but right. this game's going to be real close, real tight, real ugly, um, and a whole lot of fun. But I think Pitt wins. I, it, it, I, I'm glad you mentioned the, 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 the switch here that uh, USC gets Jordan Edison, uh, Pitt gets a Keaton Slovis. I'm not sure... That's a fair trade. Um, I <laughs> yeah. think, you know, maybe uh, maybe USC should have thrown in a late round draft pick or something to, to sort of even that out. But, or a bag um, of balls or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, something like that. Something like that. Um, I, but I also in, in this for this game, I don't know that it's going to need to to be that much. Uh, Pitt in general is not it, it doesn't need to rely on the pass as much as it did or as much as it as it could. Uh, mm-hmm. with Pickett taking the snaps um you you, you mentioned the the running backs they have uh like 15 or 16 of them they just like uh, rotate them in and out um 
it's not good for stats, certainly. Right. But if you want fresh guys running the football, uh, their their platoon system worked out pretty well last year. And, and I, I think they will lean on that a little bit more heavily this time. Um, I, I don't I, the, you also mentioned WVU's offensive line. That's this is a that's this may be like where the game uh, turns because that's Pitt's strength. Right. Um, uh, the defensive line. Um, maybe you can include that to the front seven. I, I, it, it, that's going to make things really tough. Um, and and for, for Mr. Daniels, um, he may not get a chance to show off um, because he's running for his life for, for much of the night. I, I, as, as you said, it's a rivalry game. Rivalry games are weird. Yes. Um, I, would, I would think about this a lot harder if it, if it was in Morgantown. Um, but being that it's it's in the uh, uh, in the Ned Ryerson Stadium, Bing, I think Pitt uh, will will win a, a game that's probably tighter than it should be. So, but yeah, backyard brawl is back, um, and we'll see what happens. Are they are they playing in Morgantown last next year? You know? I think so. I think it's at least a home and home. Okay, um, that's, that's off the check. That'll be exciting. That will yeah. be exciting. This game, Carla. <laughs> could could be exciting in a way that you don't want it to be um mm-hmm. 8 p.m on thursday uh on on fox penn state at purdue penn state is favored by three and a half uh the aj fund index is uh 52 and a half um I, i'm i'm gonna I, no no i am going to do this one first because we typically take our our team's uh, after the other person is talking, and I and I and I, I want to. There's no way that Penn State is as is really as bad as the last couple seasons have have turned out. Um, there there are yes, there are problems, a, a, a ton of injuries. Um, yeah. Talent on the offensive line has been rough, um, but I, I just I, I'd be hard pressed to to come up with a team that has had to cope with just so much weirdness and, and weird finishes to games. Um, I, and, and I think, I hope, uh, knocking on wood somewhere, um, that, that's going to, that, that is turned. Uh, they are, they're healthy. Uh, they have a quarterback, an experienced quarterback. He's going to be uh, starting his third year, I believe, as a starter. Um, but it's like 14th year on campus. Well, sure. Yes, yeah. he's, he's yeah, Clifford is one of those guys. Um, <laughs> Add the, him to the list. Still at the, Penn State, Sean Clifford. <laughs> the line should be better. Um, you know, experience will will do that for you. Um, and and of course, the, the Penn State's always helped by the fact that they have one of the best defenses in the conference. Uh, Purdue is not inexperienced. Uh, Purdue, uh, Aiden O'Connell um, yeah. is a a weird looking dude. Uh, who has been the starter at Purdue for, again for a, a long time? Uh, they have a good, very good, very experienced offense. And if you don't believe me, ask Tennessee from from the bowl game last uh, last winter. Um, they have they have they have talent uh, on defense. They're not defensive world beaters, but they can they can do enough to 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 be a pain. Um, and speaking of atmosphere, Purdue. Uh, in a night game, mm-hmm. that's that can be an uncomfortable place to play. Um, and you can ask, 
the Ohio, the 2019 Ohio State Buckeyes uh, about how that goes, or I mean, it was 2019. You can ask me because I was there, and oh boy, um, that Purdue just smoked Ohio State that night. Um, my, I'm, I'm gonna pick Penn State. I would not. That this is gonna be a tight game. It's yeah. really going to be a tight game. And folks, do not be surprised. I would hesitate to call a Purdue win in this an upset. Um, it's, it's, whew. who made your schedule, Carla? Why I, do you have to do this on week one? I know, right? Like the last couple of years, we've had just these brutal week one games. I think the only thing that could possibly be worse if this was a game at Iowa at night. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be, that might be a little bit worse because as weird as things can get, you know, Yes, West Lafayette and a night game, particularly if they call a blackout. Um, and mm-hmm. I haven't seen if they have, but they'd be stupid uh, if they didn't. Um, that can be weird, but not quite as weird as what things that go on in Ames, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Um, or in Iowa City. Um, so, yeah, there's... Um, but yeah, night games anywhere in the Big Ten West tend to be a little bit uncomfortable regardless of where your team is is standing i the thing that i like about this game as the thing that i take solace in as a penn state fan going into this game is the fact that yes we do have a very experienced quarterback Mm -hmm. um who is used to handling these kinds of situations and if there was ever a time for clifford to step up and lead this offense it's going to be this week right to really kind of to rope all of that in um Yes, the Penn State defense should be good, but there's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of turnover here. Lost six starters to the NFL. Um, and so they're, you know, they should be good. Um, but there were there were some questions on defense last year in a couple mm-hmm. of situations, you know. And so you're really just kind of looking for that defense to kind of solidify and step up. The other good thing is that yes, Purdue's offense can be a juggernaut, but it's kind of a one-trick pony. It's stop O'Connell, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They don't really have a run game, which is not what we think about when we think Purdue. We think Purdue, we think ground and pound, and that's not who Purdue is anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Purdue is a, I'm. we're going to pass the ball first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's putting up 400 plus yards a game passing on average. Um, they have 12 transfers on the roster, okay. um, including two former Iowa wide receivers, Eek. Hmm. Um, which is not something to take comfort in. Um, so I mean, so so for me, the big question is: is can the can the um Penn State defensive front get enough pressure on O'Connell? That's mm-hmm. the key to winning this game. Can they make O'Connell run for his life? Because if they can do that, then they can slow down that Purdue offense long enough. Yes, that they'll be able to pull pull away with the win. Because I think the Penn State run game um will be able to kind of balance out some of the Purdue defense. Okay. Um I, I I think that's a that's a possibility. But it the Penn State defensive front is going to be the key to whether or not they win this football game. I I really think. Okay. Um and whether or not they can they can do that. Of course I'm a Penn State fan. I'm gonna take Penn State, but again, yes. this is a this game will be too close, too late in the game. Uncomfortable. Um, uncomfortable is a very good word for this game. <laughs> Yes. Okay. okay. So thank goodness, you know, nothing like two like nail biter games to open our season yes. happening at the same time. Uh, I am, and I am, I am fortunate that I don't have to work on Friday. So I will be up. Ooh, uh, I don't either. But hey, there you go. 
backyard brawl on the little TV. Um, and once once Penn State gets started and, and that one, and uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, that's I'm I'm looking forward to Thursday evening. I'm also looking forward to Saturday, and we'll get to that. Not 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 just for my game, um, although that's probably the one that I'm going to get actually get to see. Uh, but uh, th- th- good stuff coming on Saturday, three thirty uh, on ABC. Number eleven Oregon uh, versus uh, number three Georgia. I say versus because it's at a neutral field, as as crappy makes air quotes um, yeah. in the, the Benz Bowl in Atlanta. So. Yeah, uh, Georgia's not technically at home. They are favored by 17, the Bulldogs are, and the AJ Fund Index is a remarkably consistent 53. I think we've had 53. 52 and 51, I think. 52 and a half, 51. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're sensing a pattern here. Carla, what do you think about this one? Okay, first of all, the line is absurd. Um, okay. Uh, because, okay, so so the you look at this and you look at every, all the... Um, previews heading into this game and you kind of get that whole idea of you know Oregon doesn't have a chance in this game it's essentially a home game for the dogs um we said all of that last year we did (laughs) and 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 you kind of remember how that turned out I I do (laughs) yeah (laughs) because because Oregon came in and beat Ohio State in the shoe Uh... and it's the exact same situation here Mm -hmm. the exact same situation Oregon's strength is in the trenches. We saw it last year. A lot of that strength is returning this year. Um, Offensive and defensive fronts might be some of the best in the country, Uh particularly the defensive front. The defensive front could be ranked. And and we talk about Georgia. We talk about their defense. Right. So I also think the AJ fun index is too high in this game. Uh, clearly yes um i take the under all day mm-hmm. um because both of these teams even though we tend to think of them both as being high offense high octane offenses no the strength of both of these teams is their defense yes. um and it's what won georgia national title last year and it's what kept oregon in games that they probably had no business being in um challenge with oregon last year is that they didn't have enough consistency on offense they hope that has changed mm-hmm. Because they brought in a quarterback by, you know, that we that we love to talk about here. Um, mm. Former Auburn QB, Bo Nix. Now, he hasn't officially been named the starter yet, which is interesting. Um, but odds are likely that he will, you know, he will factor into this offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Bo Nix is going to a team that actually has an offensive front. I mean, he's got to be grinning, right? Because yes. all he did was yes. run for his life at Auburn. Right. Um, so what will Bo Nix be like as a quarterback when he actually has time to throw? We've never seen it, you know? So it's going to be real interesting, mm-hmm. um, you know, to see how this all plays out for him. Here's the challenge on the Georgia side, though. And I feel bad for, I, I kind of feel bad for Georgia a little bit here. Because I kind of feel we're heading into Georgia. Georgia's sitting in most polls as the third best team in the country. And you're like, oh, how can we feel bad for Georgia? Because nobody's really counting. And and, and I'm stealing some of this from from a friend of the show, Braden Gall, um, Mm -hmm. who actually actually said something on his show this week um, on his podcast about how he thinks that Georgia is underrated. Okay. And during the season that everybody's talking about Alabama and Ohio State. And nobody is really factoring in the fact that like Georgia could play in this mix. Now everybody's got Georgia in the, in the playoff, mm-hmm. but nobody's really giving them a legitimate conversation about defending a national title. Right. And I kind of feel like last year we said, Georgia, this is your year. And that we kept getting bit by that. Mm-hmm. Right. The whole same thing we used to do. It feels like this is a Clemson redo, <laughs> right? Clemson, this is your year. 
and then they would Clemson all over themselves. And well, we, at some point last year, we actually we actually discussed whether or not Georgia ing should be a thing, right? Um, because the, it, it had happened it, with remarkable consistency. Yeah. Um, that they would they would uh, get to at some point uh, a game where they 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 stumble in in one that they should not have, and um, you know it, it, the chances of a of a of a really good team to win a national title just kind of went down the went down the toilet. Um. So yeah, that 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 was a that was a real thing. And, and yeah, and and like even after Clemson won a national title, the very next year we were like, okay, but are they are they legit? Like we were having those questions about right. like, yeah, they won the national title, but are they are they going to contend this year? And I feel like we're having those exact same conversations this year about Georgia, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you look at them, can you know, can they contend again after losing a bunch of talent to the draft? But their stupidly good defense seems to have reloaded and they've still got Stetson Bennett under center. Yes. This is still going to be a darn good football team. Um, This is going to be a wildly entertaining game. Take the under all day. I think Georgia gets the edge here because they are playing essentially at home. Yes. And Oregon has to fly all the way across the country for the second straight year to start a a game or to start a season. Mm -hmm. Um, But Oregon pulled it off last year. I, I would not be stunned. If Oregon does something real stupid and beats Georgia, I don't okay. think it's going to happen. I think I, I'm going to, I would, I'm picking Georgia to win this game, mm-hmm. but I am not going to be surprised one iota if Oregon messes around and wins this game. Okay. Okay. Um, quick, go take uh, Oregon in the points, maybe, because I, I, I yeah. agree that, that 17 is, is, is uh, a bit much. Um, also, the under because no these these guys aren't going to get this is not chip kelly coaching right. Oregon. this is this is um this is not going to get to 53 points uh we love us some bo nicks i wonder uh, the other really notable new guy in, in eugene uh is dan lanning um who just came from um where did he come from georgia where he was defensive coordinator hmm. um it's a good point so does that help? Uh, it may. Um, although you know, Georgia has a new uh, uh, the defensive coordinator, um, so we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. But or or is he just like pooping himself because the guys that he re- has recruited, uh, you know, he knows who's what he's exactly what he's going to be facing. Yeah. Uh, in 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 the uh, in the Ben's Bowl. Um, I am curious about Bo Nix, uh, and and to see what he can do uh with, with the solid offensive line uh and and he will have that we've seen him uh god we've been on him since he was a true freshman at auburn uh yep. we've seen him play some amazing games um we've seen him do some remarkably dumb stuff <laughs> and we've seen him uh, a lot uh just kind of uh, you know in survival mode because uh, he never really had the offensive line that you would think that Auburn could provide for him. Mm-hmm. Um, big thing here is is Georgia's defense. Uh, I I know you know they, they, there's so many draft picks um, that they lost from last year's team, but that doesn't seem to bother Kirby um, and, and and Dan Lanning, who probably landed some of these guys uh, who will be taking over those spots. Um, on, on, on this weekend and this year, um, that, that defense, uh, will continue to be, uh, absolutely lights out. 
Um, I, I think uh, a, a slow-paced game um, means Oregon could, could be in it late uh, and, and maybe in it through the whole game. Um, Oregon could win this game, but I, I really think, you know, the, the stuff that you mentioned, you've got uh, the quarterback who just won the national championship is, has returned. Um, he has proven me wrong <laughs> pretty handily. Um, and, and so me too. Yeah. 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 I, so I, there's no reason this is a little bit like what we say about Alabama. There's no reason not to pick them. Um, and, and even if they, they don't actually win the title, you know, it's like, okay, they're there again. Um, I have no reason to think that Georgia's defense, especially isn't going to play at the, at the level that, that uh, they did last year. Um, and then you've got an offense that, that, that runs and that, and scores. Um, you've got a guy who's proven he can run the team. So I would expect uh, Georgia to win this, uh, and then you know you add into the thing of the home field, home field ish, and uh, that that's that would be the the, the pick for me. Also at three thirty uh, on Saturday, this one is on the worldwide leader, number twenty three Cincinnati at number nineteen Arkansas. The uh, pulled piggies are favored by six. Uh, take a guess at the uh, at the AJ Fun Index. Uh, fifty two. Fifty two is correct. Is it? <laughs> it is. It is. What do you think about this one? Um, you know, we've been talking about teams adjusting to life without their star quarterbacks and Cincinnati is another one of those teams, um, having lost Desmond Ritter, um, and, and their kind of remarkable run last year into the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, Cincinnati's offensive line should be really, really good this year again. Um, but there are a lot of questions elsewhere, um, particularly in the secondary on defense, mm-hmm. um, lost a lot of talent there. Um, you know. I think Cincinnati looks like they're going to be a really good team again this year. Are they playoff contention good? Probably hmm. not. Right. Um, but they're definitely going to be in the mix for a conference title. They're definitely going to be in the mix for a substantial bowl game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, it, there's, there's a lot of questions there. This game in particular is, is interesting um, because the roles are reversed a little bit here. Um, Cincinnati last year kind of claimed the hearts of the national landscape in college football, right? Right. When they made that remarkable run and like suddenly people who, you know, had never followed Cincinnati football are rooting for them in the playoff. Mm -hmm. Um, Arkansas wants to claim some of that, right? Arkansas used to be a team that we talked about quite frequently in the Mm nineties in SEC football. Right. Or, and, and, yeah, or earlier, um, be, be, before before your time, uh, when they're in the Southwest Conference. Yeah. Um, and that was uh, uh, Lou Holtz was there for a few years, um, and had some really good teams. Yeah, I mean Arkansas used to be in the national conversation year mm-hmm. in and year out. Mm-hmm. It was consistent. Um, they're putting the pieces together in Fayetteville. Uh, you know, uh, last year the Hogs led the SEC in rushing which is a remarkable stat when you think about the other teams that are in the SEC, right? Um, they're, they're a ground and pound team, 100%. Mm-hmm. They're a ground mm-hmm. and pound team, but they're going to look to exploit the challenges that Cincinnati has in the young secondary um, to open up their offense a little bit, to give some room for that run game. Okay. Um, Arkansas's defense is also really good, which mm-hmm. is not necessarily great news for a new starting quarterback, right? Um, right. And, and they're playing at home. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take the hogs in this game. Um, 
it might be a, a little bit why I feel like this could be a little bit of a wider margin here. Mm -hmm. Um, but don't count Cincinnati out by how they perform in this game. Mm -hmm. I, I still think Cincinnati is going to be in the conversation, not in the playoff conversation, but they're going to continue to be in the top 25 conversation throughout the season. Um, don't immediately dismiss Cincinnati based on what happens in this mm -hmm. game. This could be a real nice stepping stone for Arkansas, though, to kind of boost themselves back up into that national conversation. Okay. It should be interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, I got to give credit to Luke, Luke Fickle. Uh, and, and it's not just last season. Um, he, over the last couple years, uh, he, he envisioned this, this sort of long game that, that ended with, you know, with Desmond Ritter's, uh, career at Cincinnati ending in the playoff. Um, and, you know, he, he's managing egos of, of, of veteran players. Um, he, he's, he's making sure that, uh, you know, that there are realistic expectations. And, and that long game ended up where he wanted to be. Um, yeah. Bigger test this year because the guys that he's been working with, uh, not everybody, uh, but, but as you mentioned, um, uh, especially guys in the secondary, uh, certainly Desmond Ritter. Um, you have to wonder if, you know, if, if these guys have had a taste of the playoff and now are, are, if the expectations are, you know, win an AAC championship and go to a, a, a good bowl game, you know, is that enough? Um, so yeah, that's a good point. The Luke Fickle has, has some different kind of coaching to do this season. Um, you know, perhaps he can exceed those expectations and, and, and get Cincinnati back to, to something close to where it was last year. I'm, I'm skeptical about that. Um, but certainly I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, I would love to see him coaching at Ohio state at some point down the line. Um, but that's, that's a whole different uh, discussion. The piggies who pigs suey. Um, they have some of their own expectations to manage because last year was really good. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and that was for, for this team to, to do what it did, uh, which is the beating LSU, beating Mississippi State, uh, winning this, the Texas State Championship because they beat both Texas and A&M. Mm -hmm. um, I, so uh, you know, and that's that's far and away the best that they've they've done since uh, uh, Bert was was trying to eat everything in the state of Arkansas. Um, I it, they're they're in a tough spot because they're playing the, the SEC West, um, and and we've we've talked in the past about uh, Big Ten East versus SEC West. Uh, there are years where I would I would make the the claim that. Uh, Big Ten East is is as good as or better, but uh, right now, um, I did, did trying to to climb into relevance in in that division of that conference. Yeah, really hard, really hard. I think, however, um, they will open with a win against Cincinnati. Uh, they're at home. Um, Cincinnati has lost what it's lost. And you don't really have a sense of, of what, um, what what they're going to look like. Uh, all, all the best to Coach Fickle uh, this season, but uh, I don't I don't think he's gonna he's gonna pull off a miracle in Fayetteville this this weekend. That brings us to seven thirty p.m. Uh, Saturday. The game is on ABC. Number five, Notre Dame Fighting Irish at number two Ohio State. Uh, I will be there. Uh, my Buckeyes are favored by seventeen and a half points. 
this is the one game that we of, of the games we were picking where the AJ Fun Index is actually bumped up to towards something that might be fun. Fifty nine points. Um, what do you think? We talked a little bit about this last week when we were talking about our playoff we did. picks. We did. We did. Um, Notre Dame's going to be a good team. They're going to be a very good team. And they're really easy to root for this year, which is, we talked about this, that's kind of doesn't compute in our brains. I'm not um, I'm not sure that I agree, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> you said you would agree after this week. That's possible. Um, did I say it's that? Real, did I really it's, say, did I say you, that? You did. You said, you said after during week the one, show? We'll re- during the show, you said after week yeah. one, it would be easier to root for Notre Dame. I got to I got to talk to me about that cuz that's dumb. <laughs> Have a conversation with yourself. Yeah, okay. Marcus Freeman is a guy that we that we want to that I think a lot of people want to see succeed. I I I and I do. I do. As as a head coach. Mm-hmm. And there's some there's some really good pieces in place, right? He inherited his own defense, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, right? You know, that was kind of the beautiful thing about him getting promoted into the head coaching spot was that everybody stayed, right? Um, and so the defense that he's been working on for years, they're all still there. Notre Dame's defense is going to be really good. They mm-hmm. have a lot of talent at wide receiver. They have that stupidly talented tight end, Michael Mayer, yes. who's back. Um, so there are a lot of really good pieces in place for the Irish. But a first-year head coach with a new quarterback facing one of the top teams in the nation on the road, that is a really tough ask for any team this early in the season. Mm-hmm. That's a really tough ask. Um, which is why I think Ohio State is going to win this game. Okay. Um, because the challenge for the Irish, and you'll have a lot more to say about this, I'm sure, as – because I know I I know where your where your brain is here. Um, <laughs> we've done the show for too long. I, I know where it is. Um, the Ohio State offense will be a problem for for Notre Dame yeah. because we saw flashes of brilliance and absolute insanity from that mm-hmm. Ohio State offense last year, right? And a lot of those pieces are back. There was I read one preview that said you could make an argument. You can make a really good argument that the skilled players returning at Ohio state are the best in the country mm-hmm. top to bottom in all the skill positions. Um, offensive line is reloaded. Um, big challenge last year was that defense, yes. right? And things have there, the progress has been made. And the one good thing is that you're going up against a team that we still have some questions. It's ranked number five in the country. I get that, but they mm-hmm. still have some questions on offense because this is the first time that this unit has worked together. Yes. Right. So if anything, that's, you know, it would be different if, if Notre Dame was com- coming in with a quarterback that has been in the system for a while. Right. That's not necessarily the case in this mm-hmm. game. So um, Ohio state's playing at home. The one weakness that they may have, I think, can be overcome. Okay. Ohio State wins this game. It's a tight game. Um, I think Notre Dame hangs around maybe until the fourth quarter. Like I think it's going to be a close game okay. until the late stages when finally that um, the offensive, I mean, the line battle, I think is eventually what's going to wear Notre Dame down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the Bucks win at home, but it's closer than... Um, because that line is big. It is. 
Um, I don't, I, I think the line is, I think the line is too big. Um, it's going to be a close game, but I think the Bucks win. Okay. Um, you, you guys may be able to actually hear me vibrating because of how stoked I am about this game. Um, I, here's what Notre Dame has. Uh, Notre Dame has, ha, has a, a very good offensive line. Um, as they have for the for the past several years, uh, uh, Michael Meyer is an all world tight end. Yeah, the defense that Notre Dame has, um, uh, uh, play can play well can, uh, and 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 is is talented. Um, as as a, but I looked at their their most recent game, which was a, a the bowl game, the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State. Um, that defense absolutely collapsed. In, in the second half of that game um, and and took a, a let a, a pretty healthy Notre Dame lead uh, turn into a loss. Uh, Notre Dame also has a, a sophomore making his very first start at quarterback. Here's a, here's the thing that I did not realize until uh, I just read it today. Um, since 2010, every single Notre Dame quarterback starting his first game has come away with the win. Hmm. Did you know that? Did you know that? I didn't know that. I didn't even get today. Um, that's what Notre Dame has. Uh, here's what Ohio State has. Probably the best offense in the country. And that could be enough this yeah. weekend. Um, it, it, we're going to talk about Ohio State's problem. It was defense. We don't know for sure what it's going to look like. Um, last year, it did not look good. The uh, secondary will be better. I think largely those issues uh, were were because of an experience. All of those guys are back with a mm-hmm. year under their belts. Um, I'm not worried about them. I, I'm not worried about the defensive linemen because basically uh, as long as Ohio State has Larry Johnson coaching those guys, I, I'm not going to sweat it. Um, the, 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 the talent will be there and, and LJs it will, will get them straightened out and, and working uh, as they should be. That leaves us with the linebackers. And this is the thing that I noticed it, watching last year's Fiesta Bowl, which I've, I've, the, <laughs> I've obsessively watched a, a, a couple times in the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks, uh, especially in the first half when, when the Irish are really rolling. Um, Jack Cohn, uh, he of the, you know, the 35-year-old college quarterback, right. um, made a pretty good living with, with, underneath, with, with, with short routes, with underneath passes. Um, especially to, to the tight end. Um, but uh, there's some crossing routes, uh, backs in the flat. The latter is not always a linebacker's responsibility, but um, you, you look at that and you think, okay, Ohio State's linebacker room was pretty thin last year. And it doesn't, it did not have the, the kind of talent that you would usually see there. Notre Dame, could if there haven't been significant improvements made on in that in that unit specifically notre dame uh could come up with uh, a lot more offense and i'm i'm thinking that they would uh but i what it comes down to is i don't think notre dame has this this could be just you know who's going to score more um and and notre dame does not have the offense i don't think to keep up yeah. Um, and that streak, uh, it, it's, it's, it, it'll be interesting game. I think 
um, I'm, I'm going to be uncomfortable until early in the third quarter. Um, and, and, and at that point, uh, we're, we're going to see the offense kind of pull away a little bit. Uh, and that streak uh, of Notre Dame quarterbacks winning their, their first games will die an ugly death uh, on, in Columbus on, on late on Saturday night. Uh, we have one more game to talk about. Um, there, are, there will be two more games, uh, Sunday night and Monday night. Um, Monday's game is Clemson and Georgia Tech again at the Benz Bowl. Um, it'd be fun if that game is competitive. I don't think it will be. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but this one is really intriguing, really intriguing. 7.30 on Sunday uh, in the Superdome in New Orleans, Florida State versus LSU, the Tigers, uh, as the, the guy from Massachusetts calls them, uh, are favored by three. <laughs> the AJ Fund Index, you got, you got, a, got a guess for this one? Uh, 52? 51 and a half. Okay. <laughs> 51 and a half. Um, our first look at the Brian Kelly version of the Tigers. Uh, what do you what do you think here? What I think is really interesting about this game because I was digging into a bunch of different game previews. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely zero consensus <laughs> on how this game is going to go. Okay, like, yes. It, it, it's almost 50-50 on who they're picking, which is interesting because if you look at the ESPN predictor, it's like a 72% chance that LSU is right. going to win the game. But when you read the previews, it's nowhere close to that, right? And, um, and, and only three-point favorites in uh, 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 ostensibly a home game. Essentially a home game, which means it's essentially an even line, yep. right? Um, because three points is the home field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how, because we really, <laughs> you know, we have no idea, right? Um <laughs> to bring back our old tagline. Um, we have no idea what LSU is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely none. Um, because there were so many changes and so many players moving around and new players in and new coaching staff in and players leaving. And we really don't have a grasp as right. to what LSU is going to look like. We know what Florida state looks like because we saw them last week. And I honestly think that that is a huge advantage to them. They but, got a game under their belts. Yeah, but it's a game against, you know, a one double A school that, um, that as you and I know, uh, just, the, the Bobby Mo fans they didn't pay a lot of attention to Duquesne at Florida State last last yeah. weekend. But but there was some there was some cackling. I, I distinctly heard some cackling <laughs> as as Duquesne was shellacked uh, in Tallahassee uh, on last Saturday. Well, um, so I don't, was, how much, how much had you, I, do you really know about Florida state after that? You know, they're going to run the football. Yeah. Um, because that's what they did consistently. And sure. Is that a difference between an FCS school and an, you know, an mm-hmm. FBS school? Yeah, probably. But Florida state's been doing that for a while. Yeah. Right. They put up 400 yards on the ground, 33 first downs. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a, a decent, that's a good looking offense, mm-hmm. a, a, even against an FCS team. Right. Um, because we we had the conversation that could Duquesne and this is a Florida State team that lost to an FCS team last year. Right. They they have been awful recently. And awful. so and so to be able to put together a really convincing game that they should win, put it behind their belts. They've gone through the routine of going through the game day stuff again. Mm-hmm. They have that under and, and it was a ridiculous game day because it got delayed by lightning. Um, and so they had to deal with all of that in their home stadium. Um, 
I think that makes this a very even game, which is why I think nobody can mm, okay. pick who's going to win this. I think Florida State has been bad the mm-hmm. last several years. I think the fact they got a com- like they got a confidence win under their belt, did everything right, did exactly what they were supposed to do, beat a inferior opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we said, LSU shouldn't or, or Florida State shouldn't overreact either way like right. florida state's back i do think it does give them a little bit of confidence going into what is essentially a road game for them um this is gonna be a really interesting game mm-hmm. I, this is the flip a coin i have no idea um i'm gonna the, the stat that i found that that kind of helped me make my decision on why i think i'm going to pick lsu at home even though i don't really know anything about them mm-hmm. is the fact that florida state hasn't beaten an sec opponent since 2017 Okay. And okay. this is essentially a road game for them. Magic happens for LSU in that Superdome. Yep. We've seen it happen time and time again. And I think that's enough for me to say, I think LSU wins this game, but this is going to be, this is the biggest mystery for me of the weekend is this game. Um, and I'm going to watch it just for the intrigue. To oh, see, yeah. Is LSU, or is LSU going to be anything this year? We don't mm-hmm. know. Is Florida state kind of starting to figure it back out again to, to maybe be a contender in the ACC? Mm-hmm. Don't know. We'll find out on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have a lot to break down as far as Florida State goes. I did not see that game. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I will, I will say, I'm skeptical about how much you learn uh, about a, a, a D one school when they're playing a D one double A school. Uh, so. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that means. You you do. You are absolutely correct. And you, you know, you you're you're one week into a, a game routine and there's there's a comfort there. Um, there's a confidence there that that those are real things. And, and that and those are all, those are good points. Um, I don't know, however, it, if you can look at that game and say, oh, yeah, but. and i'm not overreacting like a florida state fan but i don't know you can look at that game and say okay tangibly better than they have been for however many past seasons they they have they've had losing records right um we make fun of brian kelly a lot and it's easy Uh, and i just did it because you know the massachusetts guy and the dumb thing where he's faking the, the, the the southern accent um but the thing is, uh, and, you know, in spite of the, you know, from jokes to outright skepticism about how how the the, the, the dude from Massachusetts, how straight laced Brian Kelly is going to fit in in Baton Rouge, he's won everywhere. He has won everywhere he's been. He's won at um, what is it, Grand Valley State or something? Maybe. I don't remember that. I know, I know, it's, I know, at Central Michigan, he did. I know at Cincinnati, he did. Um, that was enough to get the folks at Notre Dame uh, to hire him, and and, and he won there. Uh, not probably not to the degree that that <laughs> Notre Dame fans would 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 want, but but he 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 brought the program back to um to to, to national relevance, it, 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 and it was not. It, it, it Notre Dame did not matter as a football school for several years. 
so I, I don't think there's any reason at all why he, he's not going to do it there. Um, and if you look, I read an interesting column uh, today uh, uh, comparing his situation to that of Nick Saban's when when uh, the LSU money whipped um, Michigan State head coach Nick Saban into to coming south. Um, and uh, I think he said Saban was eight and four in his first season at, at LSU. Um, and I look at the schedule and think, well, okay. Um, even before you get into like the, the really, the, the really difficult SEC West games, there's five wins, maybe six, uh, on here. And then, you know, it, he, he's going to have athletes. Do they buy in? You don't know yet. Um, but but I, I think Florida State will almost always have the talent to to, to keep up with Texas A&M, to keep up with uh, who knows or Arkansas, um, to to be competitive with Alabama. Um, it's it's I, I think he he could get to that point. He could get to a, a Nick Saban esque first season at at LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm if realistically if I'm looking at that schedule, I'm I'm thinking Florida State is 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 one of those wins. So I'm 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 going with LSU. I, you know, Florida State. I, I have no idea what the what the state of Florida State's program is. I, I really yeah. don't. Um, and and this will do a lot more to determine uh, what what we know about them. Uh, than, than last week's did. But I, I don't think it'll be enough. I think LSU is going to win this game it, ostensibly at home. <gasps> Boys and girls, you can hear the Carlin Crappy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and a variety of other podcasting hosts. You can watch us on YouTube or the show's Facebook page. Uh, if you like us, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. If you don't like us, mind your own damn business. Uh, be sure to come back next week to see exactly how wrong we were Carla do you have one do you have a final thing I do have a final thing it's one of the games that we couldn't squeeze in okay don't lose sight of number seven Utah at Florida on Saturday night I know there's a lot of things happening Saturday night but that's really that's a key game we were talking about Utah potentially particularly Mm -hmm. for me because I picked them to go to the playoff right yeah Um, yeah so that's a game that Utah has to win and I think Utah has to win with style points um okay to be able to make the case, you know, to really make a strong case for, for playoff the swamp at night on a season opener. We want to talk about atmospheres. That's an atmosphere. Can Utah handle it? It's okay. We'll see. Um, (laughs) I think they will. Um, but it's, I think it's a game just to keep your eye on. Um, in addition to the myriad of other games happening, but score, watch that one. I may be, I may be otherwise occupied. You will but, be otherwise occupied, yes. <laughs> um, but no, I, I agree. That's that that is an interesting matchup. Um, probably means more to to Utah than it does to Florida at this yeah. point. Um, that you know, expectations with a brand new coach, uh, albeit a guy who has, uh, who has crushed in the in the Sun Belt uh, leading up to this year. So, well, we'll, we'll that'll be that'll be a fun game to watch. Maybe it'll be air then. I don't know. Um, my final thing, as you may notice. I am wearing, uh, for those of you who are watching the, the, the video uh, podcast, I am wearing a shirt that commemorates Ohio State's undefeated, uh, undisputed national championship in 1968. This shirt came from our friends at Homefield. 
Um, and, and, and Home Field's uh, Ohio State collection launched just a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I just I literally got this in the mail today. Nice. Um, got one from got one for Kelly uh, with with lyrics from Buckeye Battle Cry that that she's really happy about. Um, the fit is not. Uh, we talked and discussed offline the, the fit for this, and, I'm, and it's okay. I am uh, fat, and this <laughs> <laughs> is a little snug, and that's fine. But it's it's not uncomfortably so. Um, so I'm I am digging this, and and there are probably more in my future. I about two weeks before Ohio State's collection was released, and I, I want to acknowledge this. Um, Homefield released a, a Penn State collection. Did you did you end up getting anything? I that? haven't ordered anything yet, but I'm going to. You've got you've got your eye on something. Yeah, I've got okay. my eye on a couple things. Yeah, even without Carla's support, and I want to acknowledge this for the record. Um, even without Carla's purchase, Penn State uh, on on the on release weekend, whatever the the time period home field defines that as, um, blew away everybody. <laughs> Uh, in terms of of sales of of stuff on on release weekend, um, including Ohio State, and 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 you know we're talking about alumni bases and fan bases that are of similar massive sizes. Yeah. Um, Ohio State wasn't close. <laughs> I was stunned by that. I was too. I, I, I think maybe maybe one thing. Um, uh, Ohio State has Ohio State fans have had retro stuff available for years from Homage, which is a, a company's based in Columbus. Um, good stuff, really good stuff. Uh, so you know, may, did that dilute demand for Ohio State fans? I don't know. It didn't. It it did not stop me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I want to acknowledge Carla. Uh, that in, in this instance, um. Penn State just absolutely buried my Buckeyes. Which is interesting because when I look at the two home field collections, like I mm-hmm. actually think that Ohio State got the better collection. Like I think top to bottom, okay. shirt design wise, I think mm-hmm. the Ohio State collection, there's a lot more options. Penn State protects its brand too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that was what they were saying was that there were that it was really mm-hmm. hard to get some of these retro designs approved to print. Okay. Um and it was, I was kind of like, yeah, it's a good collection. That's the reason why I didn't buy right away. Because mm. um, I wanted to think about it for a bit. I was like, it's a good collection, but it wasn't okay. like the spectacular, like, oh my gosh, I have to have that shirt right now. Right. Which is this, what, this like, one I was, uh, that was, yes, that right. was me. When I saw this in a preview, I'm like, yeah. That's- and I've seen that in like other, like Oregon State, when that collection was released, like there were mm-hmm. two shirts in that collection that I was like, oh, that's really good. Right. Um <laughs> Kansas State, same thing. It was like, okay. ooh, there's a shirt there. Oh, of course, Oregon State, that's a that's a long story. And AJ knows this, that I went to my high school mascot uh-huh. was the beaver, just like um, Oregon State. Okay. And so like some of the stuff that had just like just the mascot on it mm-hmm. kind of was would be like a throwback to high school for me. Nice. Um, okay. And so I was like, yeah, there's some pretty cool stuff there that I'm thinking about. Like if I place my Penn State order, I might also order an Oregon State shirt. <laughs> I still I still need to get uh, and I, I absolutely will do this. The um, I, I, this was like it's like a specific date, but there was a, a Youngstown State surfing penguin shirt. yes yeah the surfing i got it i'm i need that one and i will <laughs> i will own it uh soon I, I i promise you that the 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 cool thing about this is and i'm I'm not sure what went into this decision 
But after Ohio State's release weekend was over, Homefield said, we're not doing this anymore. We're not going to keep stats and um, records. So basically, Penn State um, has, has won that championship without ever uh, – with, with, with no hope of anybody ever being able to catch it. So in perpetuity, Penn State are the, the – Penn State is the home field T-shirt national champion for all time. We Cannot are. be touched. You you are yes you are <laughs> you you we should are. have a t-shirt to claim our t-shirt national championship. Well, okay, that's it's actually a really good idea, <laughs> and and they're totally that should totally exist. Somebody call. Can we get home field on the phone? Um, or or someone I can, I could I can I have a t-shirt so I can make that like I'm, huh? I don't know that I'm comfortable with that, but maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Never mind. We're not going to, I'm not going to do that, but, but somebody should, <laughs> somebody totally should. Carla, this has been awesome. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> it, is so much, it is so much fun. We, we didn't get to do this last season um, uh, with, uh, with uh, Ms. Ellie uh, demanding your time and energy and all of that stuff. Yep. Um, so yeah. And then we had the pandemic the year before. Pandemic the year before, so that those yeah. games were just weird, and we didn't ever. It was really angsty season. It's that yes. was that was, um, but right now, we're back. Normal games are back. Ohio State's going to beat Notre Dame this weekend, and I I don't think things could be happier, as far as I'm concerned. So thank you very much. Cheers. 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 Was that beer okay? It's good. Yeah, it's Southern Tier. It's one of the holdovers <laughs> from uh, the summer trip home. So, yes. Uh, hey, pumpkin spice lattes came out today. I'm still drinking summer beers. I don't care. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> um, uh, Cheers to you. Thank you to AJ for, uh, once again, for uh, the GFI report. And thank you, guys, for watching, listening, all of that stuff. Um, please come back next weekend. We will see you then. Uh, beat Michigan. Beat Michigan. Thank you.